I was thinking for the uh, intro, we'll just do uh, Mastered MMA. Mastered <laughs> MMA. Mastered MMA. Mastered MMA. Yeah. And that'll be it. You should have just done that. <laughs> if I wanted. What's going on, people? Welcome to another episode of Mustard MMA with your boys Joey E and Matty C here to talk about all things UFC. Had a good card at the weekend. It was a massive pay-per-view. Plenty to get stuck into, young Matthew. How are you, first of all? All good? Hello, Joey E. How are you? That caught me by surprise, <laughs> that little introduction. Been working on it. I'm, I'm, I'm dangerously well. Yeah. How are we getting on over there? Good. Yeah, same, over, same as. Over there in the deepest, darkest Essex. That's it. There you are. Large in it after a, a very interesting weekend of fights. Joe, have you recovered? How, how did you watch them? What took me through it? Um, yeah, no recovery necessary for me, young Matthew. Uh, I didn't get up and watch them live. I actually it had a little bit of a mare. I re, uh, so I paid for the pay-per-view in the evening. I thought, right, I'll get up nice and early Sunday morning and watch that. No worries about avoiding any stuff then. I can just t- wake up, turn it on. No spoilers. So I did wake up, I did wake up quite early, went to put it on and I'd forgotten to record it, which was a bit of a nightmare, which meant I had to wait until 12 o'clock lunchtime to uh, to see it. So I couldn't obviously do anything with my phone, really. Played a little bit of solitaire, for, played a bit of solitaire for a bit, that, that kept me going for a little while. <laughs> so I was trying to avoid all the spoilers. And then, um, what was it, it was about, about quarter to 12, I just popped out to get uh, obviously some uh, essentials. I come back. And I've looked at my phone, and I accidentally swiped to the right, so to the left side of the home screen, and it just has some like news headlines there. So as, as quick right. as, as quick as I tried to swipe back, I just saw that Dustin Poirier upsets McGregor. Oh, you, that's, really? 15, 15 minutes before uh, before the card started. So, oh, I, you bastard! I know it was a bit of a pain. I was trying to convince myself that. Um, that might have been an article from the day before, and maybe the the first words were "Can Dustin Poirier up, upset McGregor or something?" So <laughs> I was trying to like uh, convince myself otherwise, but none. I actually knew I actually knew who won essentially, who won the main event game. But otherwise, I managed to avoid them all, and I got through it. I did enjoy it. It was a good card, and I didn't know what happened. Like I say, in the main event, I didn't know how it went down, so it was still quite exciting to 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 see how it did go in the end. See, I didn't know. I didn't know what happened to you, Joe. I know you. You didn't have the recording set up and all that. I just assumed you watched it guilt-free, but no, <laughs> you knew all I, along. I know. I know. That's the ball ache, isn't it? It's that is the worst. It's the one fighter you can't muck around with uh, spoilers and stuff because well, you a, will find out. It was a BBC news headline, and what other time of the year at a BBC? Pop, popping up a little headline about about the UFC. They they don't do they? I so, know. Yeah, dummy. Oh, what a gutter! That is a gutter. <laughs> I felt for you. I felt for you. I I was I stayed up for oh I got up at three o'clock for it and I regretted it. I couldn't get back to sleep till about uh, eleven a.m. Cool. So I was I was done. I was weren't at the races all day Sunday. So yeah, I, it, never again. Off. I say that every time. It's not worth it. But then I listened to a story like yours whereby you yeah. Clicked on a bit of news and you've you've ruined it, but so swings and roundabouts, eh? But shall we get into the aforementioned fights, Joseph? And there's only one place to start, starting it. It is that is the main event, Dustin Poirier 
doing the business over Conor McGregor. We both predicted uh, McGregor to win, didn't we? And obviously, in hindsight, it's easy. But I was kind of as I'm watching the ball. Obviously, I had to watch the whole thing almost live, if you if you like, at twelve o'clock. And I was just think, sitting there thinking to myself, is this inactivity gonna like bother Connor? And obviously, Connor said it this afterwards, so it looks like I'm kind of just jumping on it. But I was like, I don't know. It, like, he hasn't really done much recently, has he? Like, he's had kind of one fight, lost that, did a bit of boxing. And Dustin Poirier, more to the point, Dustin Poirier's just been in there grinding, fighting, fighting you know, a couple of times a year at least. So I did think, oh, I don't know. But yeah, in the end, I, I wasn't quite expecting that from Dustin Poirier. I was to finish him early doors, second round. Went out there first round, kind of grappled with him and stuff, which is what you predicted or which what you would have thought would have been a, a good game plan beforehand. Uh, so that seemed to wear him down a little bit. Who knows? But the, obviously their leg kicks added up. And yeah, to go out there and finish him in second round, I thought was just just fantastic, really. And I do love to see it. I'm not a I'm not a, a Connor hater by any stretch of the imagination, but I am a big Dustin Poirier fan as well. So it was great to see. It was uh, kind of emotional scenes there. You sort of got a glimpse of his wife and the interaction they had afterwards when he got the win. I thought that was quite touching in lots of ways. So I thought it was an outstanding fight, and obviously this kind of propels Poirier to another level now. It could 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 rightfully be the champ. Obviously, he lost to Khabib, but in a lot of ways, the world doesn't know that so much. They just know him as the man more recently who's beat Conor McGregor. Well, that's a great point, isn't it? It's, he finally gets the recognition that he's de- deserving of. And like you say, anyone who beats Conor McGregor, it becomes then a mainstream star. Look at Nate Diaz, look at Khabib. And now, hopefully, Dustin Poirier gets his redemption after how many years? What, six or seven Yep. And he, he adopted the perfect game plan, didn't he? I mean, them leg kicks just absolutely ate away at McGregor. And you've got to think that what I got from it was that McGregor had a plan A but didn't really know what to do once it went a bit tits up. Um, he was still just trying to land the left, but it just looked like he didn't really know what to do with them calf kicks. And obviously we're not trainers or anything, we're just fans. <laughs> but looking at it, you think... Every single sort of outlet was saying that that would have to be the game plan. You've got to go for, take out that lead leg or whatever, grapple with him, and then you nullify Connor's big left hand. Uh, he did that and Connor didn't seem to know what to do. But on the flip side, it's all right saying that. Hmm. In, in actuality, it's just a devastating manoeuvre to be on the receiving end of. And Dustin just was the better man on the night. Going back to Connor's inactivity, I think that's a huge factor, a bit of ring rust. Uh, has the game changed as well since he's been in the ring for an extended period of time? The Cerrone one lasted, what, 60 seconds? Mm-hmm. Go back before that, the game's changed uh, dramatically, mainly them calf kicks. I don't think they were even about when Connor was last in there as champion. So, well, yeah, I mean, has that changed? I think that's a good point. Obviously, a lot of people are talking about the calf kicks and how that's a good way to target McGregor. And I do think, in fairness, that is a good way to target anyone in the UFC nowadays. You've seen it a lot. You've seen it with uh, Gaethje. People would have said, oh, the best way to, you know, Gaethje's best path is to leg kick Khabib and stuff like that. Obviously, Khabib's a monster and it didn't work out, but leg kicks have become a massive part of the game, like you say. And it's a good call, obviously. It's an easy, easy uh, thing to highlight against Conor McGregor, but possibly he needs a, more of a plan B. He needs more of a, a, a well-rounded game to to keep going. And he's talking, he, you know, there's, he's talking about certain possibilities, Obviously, lots of other people are talking about certain possibilities as well. Obviously, it's, it's an interesting kind of fun conversation to have as well, isn't it? But maybe he does need a little bit something else. 
if he if he wants to deal with uh, the blueprint that has been laid out for for people now. Yeah, absolutely. I, I was just a little bit shocked at how shocked he was in the press conference after. I don't know if you see it about the calf kicks. Yeah. So you wonder whether or not he was sort of high on his own supply, almost that he thought, nah, that'd be fine. I'll stick to my game plan. I'll do what I did in the first fight. Whereas in reality, they were the game changer. But I'm not writing off McGregor by any stretch of the imagination. No one takes a loss better than that boy. He he's always out up front, isn't he? He's honest. Uh, he's philosophical about it, and he will he will come back, I believe, and a completely different fighter if he sticks around. Like, uh, do you see what Dana White said? It's a bit like Rocky Free. Um, he's got all the money, and does he want to keep going and actually become a champion again, or is he happy to be? Just rich and sail off into the sunset. He's only going to go one of two ways. Which way he goes, though, who knows? Yeah, well, I mean, I think I think we'll get into who he might fight next in a little set. We'll look at the co-main event first. But I do, yeah, I do have a couple of opinions on that. So we'll get into that in a moment. But obviously, it wouldn't really make sense to do that without talking about the co-main event, which uh, was also in the same division, wasn't it? So this was obviously the chance of someone to come out and impress Khabib. Michael Chandler certainly impressed me. Impressed a lot of people with his win over Dan Hooker, knockout win in the first round. Obviously not a lot going going on in there. Hooker was kind of circling away, popping a few uh, leg kicks and stuff at him. Doing okay, but then obviously one shot, Hooker jumps in and just, yeah, knocks him out and uh, Chandler jumps in, sorry. And I didn't, I didn't see this one coming. Obviously, the talk about Chandler was that he's a wrestler and by all means it looked like Hooker was very aware of that and he was trying to stay away from it. But yeah, very impressive from Chandler. Uh, but on the on the same token, difficult again to to gauge. It was difficult to gauge how he would perform going into this, and then getting a quick knockout like that with a pretty much the only shot you throw. Very good, very impressive, but difficult to gauge how well I think you're going to do against Dustin Poirier, for example. Well, yeah, I mean, I think he's he did everything right though. Yes, he did. Yeah, you, 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 can't, you, can't, you can't argue uh, against the first round knockout. Really, exactly. Yeah. It's one of those. Catch twenty two in it. If, there's always going to be questions if you finish someone that early, but at the same time, Banger last week was like, "Show us what you got," yeah. and he showed us everything he got. He did everything right. I think Hooker froze a little bit. He just looked a bit in like from from the very first second, it looked like Chandler was on it. He was head hunting, yeah. and Hooker didn't really know what to do. A bit of a rabbit in the headlights. But like you say, I think maybe he was a bit wary of that takedown. But yeah, I, I love the performance from Chandler. I've never really seen him fight before. Um, and I'm glad there's some fresh blood in that lightweight division. I, I did like the call out afterwards. I, I thought it was a say, little bit cringe. I was going to say, what did you make of it? Very, it was very cringe, yeah, very. but it was the right thing to do because nothing worse than these little vanilla call outs that people do. Oh, give me whoever the UFC wants. Yes, it makes you look like a badass. You can fight anyone, but they don't set up the next fight. This has set up a promo for the next fight automatically for whoever it is because he called out everyone and suddenly. <laughs> yeah. so, yeah. So yeah, he done everything right in the cage on the mic, and there's a new contender. There is, there is a new contender, and unfortunately, that isn't Dan Curry. I think he's dropped down to number eight in the rankings. So, so th- there, there goes his chances for the moment. But yeah, we have, we can only look at the futures now. We got Dustin Poirier is calling himself the champ. Probably, he, obviously, he isn't, but he probably is the the what the guy at the moment. He's the he's he's at the top of the tree at the moment. I would say. Conor McGregor, should we start with Conor McGregor? Where do you think he's going to go? You mentioned there that the Rock, we've got the Rocky Free situation. Ideally, I would like to see him 
put a nice little run together. But I recall from Rocky Free that Rocky wasn't go in there straight in there fighting for the title, fighting for number ones again. He had to work his way up a little bit, I believe, to get back there. And I think that's what I would like to see Conor McGregor do personally. I guess maybe it's difficult to do that when you look at the amount of money and stuff that he generates. The UFC want to leverage that in a way that they're putting him up against in the biggest of fights to bring in the, the biggest amount of dollar. So from a lots of different point of points of view, it's probably difficult for McGregor to stay, take a step back and maybe fight someone ranked number 10, number 7 and, and something like that. But I personally feel like that might be the best thing for him. Put three or four fights together where he's he's got time to perhaps, you know, maybe he's got a little bit more leeway to develop himself a little bit. Obviously, it's difficult to say because he's one of the, the best fighters around. So, personally, I would like to see him do something like that and work his way up a little bit. But, obviously, he's talking about the, the Poirier rematch. It sounds to me like he wants to get straight back in there against the very, very best. And, personally, I'm not quite sure that would work, would work out. And I'm not sure if the Poirier rematch even makes sense right now. Yeah, I, I don't like the, the Poirier rematch straight away. It doesn't make sense for anyone but McGregor and Poirier. Money-wise, I think yeah. Poirier would snap your hand off for that because he's like, all right, I'll just do what I've done again. I did see today that I think there's potential 180-day suspension for McGregor for the medicals. So okay. he ain't going to be happening anytime soon. I... Would love to see him come back, go on a little bit of a run, actually sort of fight someone in the top 10 and make your way back because there's so many fights there for him. Mm. There's obviously talks of the Nate Diaz trilogy, which is always going to be there, but with every fight that goes by and every year that goes by when Diaz don't fight, that takes its shine a little bit, particularly when McGregor's losing. So the quicker they get on with that, perhaps that's the route they're going to go down. I'm hoping... Sticking to the Rocky theory, though. <laughs> Sticking old, old Balboa, is he? Uh, Rocky 3 did come back, didn't he? And he actually did come back in Rocky 4 and beat the insurmountable Russian. So don't write him off just yet. Uh, I'm certainly not writing him off. When you go on the forums on Sunday, like I said, like I, said I couldn't sleep on Sunday morning, so I was trolling the uh, Sherdog forums. There's plenty of odd comments in there. But everyone's writing him off again. But that just completely disparages Poirier. I mean, yeah. he's fighting one of the best ever there. He's been inactive for a best part of two years, withstanding that Cerrone 60 seconds. You've got to give him a chance to get minutes, like he says, under his belt. Hopefully his lifestyle hasn't caught up with him. That's another thing I think maybe that might be to do with it. I don't know. Hopefully not. But I think, yeah, like he says, just get some minutes in. And I think perhaps either the Diaz one or maybe even like a Tony Ferguson who's coming off a couple of losses. He's a big name. He's getting older, and from McGregor's point of view, I think he's a winnable fight. He's always been stylistically, you know, when you had the trio of Khabib, Connor, and Tony, who beats who. Mm. I always felt that Connor could beat Tony. I think he was hittable, so I think that'd be a quite a good fight for him. So I'd perhaps like to see that next. What about the Diamond then, the uh, champ in waiting, so to speak? Where does he go from here? Obviously, we've got a potential tournament being spoken about, kind of. Half tongue in cheek, I think, from from Dana after Nick Pete, you know, fight disciple asked him that at the press conference. For me, Poirier, I think he probably deserves to fight for the belt next. I wouldn't just give it to him now. I don't think that makes sense as a as a fan. I, you know, you, know, you want to see it more of a knockout kind of styley. So I would like to see him fight someone else. I mean, I'd, I'd quite like to see Oliveira get a go, but that's kind of just my own 
don't know, my own personal kind of opinion, really. I just would quite like to see that, that match-up and see how that goes down. But obviously, you've got Chandler in there now. You do have Justin Gaethje. I'd say that's probably about it for now. So you've got Poirier, Chandler, Gaethje, Oliveira. I don't know. I mean, I wouldn't complain whichever way it goes, really. Yeah, I've got that as my top four. They're like the nailed-on four minus Khabib, assuming Khabib does walk away. I think like you, I don't think they should give him the belt. That's ridiculous. Someone's mm-hmm. got to fight for it. Beating him Conor McGregor doesn't give you the belt, not when he's not been the champion for however long. I, I like the Oliveira fight. I think Oliveira's on an eight-fight win streak. Yes, a couple of fights ago we were poo-pooing uh, the actual names he'd beaten. But then you look at Kevin Lee and then Tony Ferguson. You've got to give it to him. Most admissions in the UFC history. Never fought for the belt. So it's the perfect time for him to fight for one. I mean, it's there for him. Who else is he going to fight? And I think when you look at the other contenders, Gaethje's just lost to Khabib. He's already lost to Poirier. That sort of takes him out of him. Uh, a tight fight next, I think. And then you're looking at Chandler. What's a bigger win, Dan Hooker or Tony Ferguson? And you've got to say Tony Ferguson, right? Yeah, yeah, definitely, yeah. So I think, in my mind, I think I'd go with Dustin Poirier versus Charles Oliveira uh, for the belt, and the rest of them can sort of scrap for the, the number one contendership after that. Don't know what you make of that, Sunbeam. <laughs> well, I think the Chandler Gaethje matchup is actually a very exciting matchup, and I think that, that makes a lot of sense. So, yeah, I, I wouldn't have a problem with doing Poirier Oliveira for the belt. I think that'd be all right. I think, you know, I think it's probably a little stretch just because Oliveira's maybe a little bit of a lesser name than those top three there. But I do think Chandler needs another go. And I think if he can beat Gaethje, who obviously got all the way there and then lost to Khabib, I think that puts him, that that puts Chandler all the way there. And then, yeah, I think he can fight for fight for the belt, whether that be against Poirier or Oliveira. So I do think that does probably make the most sense all round when you think about it. I think so. I think there's the caveat of Nate Diaz, who obviously sort of comes back from out from under his rock whenever there's a lightweight fight coming on, <laughs> and he mocks them on social media at it length. Does, yeah. And I think Poirier's in it, I think, for legacy now. And I think the only other option you could have here is Poirier versus Diaz, Chandler versus Oliveira, the number one contendership, and then the winner of Diaz and Poirier will fight. Oliveira and Chandler for the undisputed belt then, while Gaethje maybe sort of builds his way up a little bit longer. That's the only other thing I can think of. I think if you're Dustin Poirier, you're going to be wanting McGregor or Diaz over the belt at the minute. I don't know about you, but is that crazy to say? Yeah, I mean, who knows? I didn't get that impression from him. I think he wants a belt first, personally, but yeah, we'll have to wait and see, won't we? But I mean, I think he beats Diaz pretty comfortably. Oh yeah, so do I. So I don't see it as a dangerous matchup to sort of jeopardise his chance at the belt. Obviously, anything can happen in an MMA fight, but I think I think we might be. I've got a funny feeling we're going to see that. I think they're going to capitalise on Poirier's stardom just uh, that he has at the minute, and perhaps uh, couple it up with a, a Diaz return. But talking of big names there, though, what 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 is happening with Khabib? What do we think is going to happen? Got any predictions? Is um, he going to stay? Is he going to go? No, he's not fighting anytime soon. Do you know what I think? Go on. I think he's waiting for the result of the Burnsy and us man fight. I think he thinks if Burnsy gets a win there, take that well, excuse me, Dana. Final. Excuse me, Dana. I'm coming up. Can I have a go I'm at that well paper? <laughs> <laughs> he will. 
he'll sing it like that. That's a good impression of Kirby. <laughs> yeah. oh, but I do. I think he thinks, you know what, Burnsy's an ex-lightweight. He's gone up. He can get get that win over us, man. That's good. Yeah. I'm going for champ champ status, and I think that's why he's probably hanging on to it, so he can do a champ versus champ fight. Maybe I've got a little bit of skullduggery in my head there, but I think that might be something he's planning. Why else is the belt still wrapped around his waist? Moving on to the rest of the card. We did have some decent fights on there. We had a Brit on there as well. We'll get into a couple of them. Joanne, Jojo Calderwood. Good little win there against Jessica. I thought she dominated that. Made it look quite easy, I thought. I did think it was quite interesting. I thought at first round, Jojo felt a little bit more kind of flat-footed. looked like she was trying to uh, plant her feet and get some power into her shots a bit more which I think was because she didn't actually like Jessica Rye. I think there was a bit of a beef beforehand, which is always always fun coming from Jojo with her, with her accent, and, and that. it's always interesting to see that he listened to the beef, but pretty good win there for Jojo, and uh, probably right back in there for a title shot, to be honest. Yep, excellent win. No doubt that she won that on the scorecards. Um, great for her to bounce back from that huge disappointment last year. And yeah, it is jokes to hear her talk smack with that, that sweet <laughs> Scottish tones of hers. And it was Burns Night yesterday, I think, or Monday. So it was Monday yesterday. Yeah. So what a week for her, eh? And I think she is back in the title contention here. I think she probably gets the winner of Andrade and what's her chops? Shevchenko. Another one, another man I haven't heard of, actually. That was Mahmoud Muradov. Beat, um, beat Andrew Sanchez. Sorry, I always go to call him uh, some other... Sanchez for some reason, but Andrew Sanchez, yeah, Mahmoud Muradov. I'm not, I think that might have been his debut. I'm not sure, but he looked he looked pretty impressive. I thought got a got a nice one stoppage win. So you know, not not the the uh, best of it. Was it a stoppage win? He finished yep. him, didn't he? Yeah, that was because he that was it, and he followed yeah, it up with a knee. knee. That was it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that was good. I thought he looked impressive. He's another addition into that division there, which is starting to get quite spicy at the moment. And another one who I liked was Marina Rodriguez a massive upset against Amanda Hebas. Your prediction to win the title this year, Amanda Hebas. That's obviously gone down the pan ever so slightly, but cracky little performance there, I thought. Hebas may be a little bit too gung-ho against a good striker there in, in Rodriguez. and Yeah, I mean, these women's divisions, they're really starting to come alive uh, a lot. You see tons of knockouts now, which you never used to see. I don't know why, but I don't know why it's happening, but it, it does add a different dimension to the fight so that was cracking obviously you had Herb Dean and a little bit of nonsense in there as well so it was all going on in this one really yeah that woke me up at 3am knocked her out twice yeah thanks to Herb Dean <laughs> that, what, what is he doing there I think it happens quite a lot with him now doesn't it I mean you don't want to shit on the rest it's a hard job to do but he was just he's like he got well in right in there just to have a quick look got in her way it was he's clear if I was a uh, Rodriguez, uh, Rodriguez, uh, you think he stopped that all day long, didn't you? He's almost got his body in. Yeah, I mean, there was definitely contact, not with the hands and that necessarily. But no. Do you know what it reminded me of? Have you seen that meme where it's like that cat in snow? And it's like uh, it's like the cat, and it looks like he's taking a free kick, like Cristiano Ronaldo or something. Have you seen that one? <laughs> no, no idea <laughs> what you're talking about. Uh, mate, your internet memory is just not up to it, I'm afraid. Well, you'll have to uh, change that for me and send it over. <laughs> yeah. You're saying Herb, Herb Dean's performance was like a cat <laughs> in snow. It, it was right on its tippy toes, weren't he, before he decided to change his mind. Oh, right. But yeah, it, it happens quite a lot of, of late with him, but we'll let him off. Yeah, I mean, it is a tough one. It's a tough, tough old job, isn't it? And 
uh, Hebas was reaching for the the leg, like the single leg and that, wasn't she? She was kind of making a little go of it, but I guess you kind of just got to be a little bit more decisive there. And if you're going in, you're going in and you're stopping it, I guess. Yeah, well, what it has stopped is my prediction for the strawweight title holder at the end of the year. So nice to get one crossed off in January this early, one of my predictions. She she won't be making her way back. But Rodriguez, Rodriguez, why can't I say Rodriguez? <laughs> Rodriguez is right in there. Definitely. So yeah, sums up a pretty good card there, I think. And that moves us on nicely to the news. Get ready, because it's a big one. So, young Matthew, welcome everyone to the news. We've got tons of huge, huge fights that have been announced to get through. First one, Usman Burns. I think we touched on this a few times recently. Kamaro Usman up against Gilbert Burns. Matthew just referenced that shortly. Perhaps this one is going to entice young Khabib back to, to go to 30 and 0. Feb the 13th, uh, that one's scheduled for. So that is literally, yeah, when we get to this weekend, you've got two more to wait. And, that's, and then we're going to get that title fight. So that's a good one. We've also got another one that I'm excited for in the light heavyweight division. A couple of weeks after that on Feb 27th, Dominic Reyes is up against Jury Prohaska, I think is how you pronounce it. Uh, so that's exciting as well. Prohaska's like the, the up-and-comer, isn't he, in, in this one? Dominic Reyes looking to cement himself, solidate himself as possibly number one contender in that division. Another one which kind of came out of left field for me, Matt. Tyron Woodley up against Vicente Luque. I believe this is still unconfirmed. It's being targeted for March 27th. So that one is quite interesting. I think it says a lot about Woodley and his character, to be honest. So I'm looking forward to, to that one. Another one on the same card. Stipe Miocic, everyone's favourite fireman. Check out the blog post on Mustard MMA to see my prediction for how he'll, he'll do this year. Uh, he's up against Francis Ngannou, March 27th. Matt, you're gassed about that one. We'll get into that one in a sec. We've got tons this week. Next up, Darren Till against Marvin Vittori. That's just come out on Twitter in the last hour or so, actually. That's being targeted for April 10th. Great fight, that one. And then the week later, a week after that, in the same division, Rob Whitaker up against Paolo Costa. I believe this one is confirmed. April 17th, and that is can only be a number one contender fight there. So... Matt, quite a lot for you to digest, but uh, what do you make of those apples? Well, that's a big bunch of apples you got there, and they're all juicy. They're all <laughs> juicy, son. We've gone on about us, man, and Burnsy. Uh, ad nauseum. Ad nauseum. That's a, a, a BYM classic, that is. <laughs> yeah. Word of the day. <laughs> Listen, that's, the, that's the, the Khabib fight. I'm telling you now, I'm making a, making a statement. Burnsy wins that, Khabib goes up and fights him for the welterweight title, so I'll have a keen eye on that, as I'm sure you will, and I think it's a competitive fight, they're training partners, which adds, adds a little bit of spice to it, and it's around the corner, one day before Valentine's Day, there'll be no love lost here, though. <laughs> ah, brilliant. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The Reyes yeah. one, though. The Reyes. Onto it, the Reyes one, saucy. he's your pick for, for this year, isn't he? He's a Larry light heavyweight pick, so Prohaska, he's a bit of a loose cannon. Wild strikes, bit Larry, so that's got fireworks written yeah. all over it. So That'd looking forward to that. But the one fun. that does jump out the page at me is former champion Woodley fighting Luke. Luke trying to take um, 
take his spot in the rankings. And like you say, I think it shows a lot about his character, Woodley. It shows you he ain't done. Hmm. And he's fighting someone who's lesser known amongst the sort of mainstream, but a very heavy hitter and a tough fight in Luke. So I think that's a good one. A bit early to uh, make a prediction on that, but I've got a clue what way that one's going to go. Nah. It all depends on which Woodley's going to turn up. And if it's anything like the three, last three fights, uh, you can see Luke getting a winner. Yeah, definitely. Like you say, I think that is the most interesting thing about that, which Woodley will turn up, as he added a couple more uh, weapons to his arsenal and stuff like that. So, yeah, like you say, it's a little bit off-paced, but interesting to see see what happens. On the same card, though, it's the big one, isn't it? This is the one we've all been waiting for. Francis finally gets another crack at the everybody's favourite fireman. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean... I mean been coming for a while, hasn't it? It has been no no secret, really. I, it, I like you. Like I said, you've written a, a lovely piece on the website. Go and read it if you haven't yet already. I'm, I think I'm leaning towards Stipe again now. I think. Convince you. What what has changed? Obviously, I think Francis might be a bit more cognizant that he can't just go in there and just swing and that he'll land like he does with everyone else because he's had 25 minutes in there with Stipe and he knows that. Stipe's got his number in that regard, so he has to have changed some things. But we haven't seen it in the cage yet, have we? Because he finishes people so quickly. Yeah. We don't know how much better he's got. He's much like Woodley. We, there's questions over this one. So hopefully he's been working on his ground game and his defense. So, <laughs> And then we get to see a little bit more of a competitive fight. But while it was very on edge of your seat stuff, because every time Francis swung, you're like, yeah. it was close. Hopefully, it wasn't close at all, though, like the actual fight in itself. So hopefully we get a bit more of a compared bout next time. But I'm leaning towards your boy, Steve, ain't there? Good, good. I'm glad. You're coming over to the, the light side. No racial connotations there. <laughs> <laughs> All right, you're coming over to the dark side then. Have it that way. That's fair. <laughs> Moving swiftly on there, I think, to uh, a hometown lad in Darren Till. I think this is a great fight. It is, Battle of the European middleweights. Who will take that middleweight European crown? Uh, fight Marvin Vittori, who's sort of flung himself into the top five, isn't he? Uh, at the back end of last year with that win over Jack Hermanson. Tough fight for Till, but I do think stylistically, perhaps Vittori's like quite aggressive, isn't he? And I think Till could potentially pick him apart. Just, Till, for me, is either like, goes headhunting like in the Masvidal fight, and he gets caught, or he's a bit too tentative like in the Whitaker fight. So hopefully there's some kind of uh, marrying of the two there and he could sort of bring it all together against Vittori. But that's a great fight and lots of permutations for the middleweight crowd, particularly without knowing where Izzy is, Izzy is at. So, where would you see this one going, Joe? No, I think he summed it up pretty well. I do I do like Vittori. I do like the run he's on. And I, I do think he will present a lot of problems. But I just think stylistically it may well suit Darren Till, that one. So be interesting to see. The big, big one, even bigger than that, Whitaker against Costa. I mean, that's going to be a cracker. Obviously, we're huge fans of uh, Whitaker, so I would say we probably want to see Whitaker win. Nothing against Costa. Didn't quite live up to it again uh, against Adesanya, but I mean, if he can get a win over Whitaker, then it's only it can only be a title shot again for him. Even though he lost quite convincingly to Adesanya. I mean, he's he's constantly number one, isn't he? Like yeah. Got, it is uh, Adesanya champion and Whitaker's number one. He's just batting away anyone else who comes near him at number one and the Costa lost to Izzy is more recent than the Whitaker one so you think from a UFC standpoint and as fans Whitaker is probably the better outcome 
and the more sellable fight uh, for someone to try and actually contest against Adesanya. Even if Adesanya is actually going to hang around, we don't know. By this point, he might be light heavyweight champion. So he might be, that might even be for a vacant middleweight belt. So who knows? But that's a cracking fight. That's a five-rounder. I'd lean towards Whitaker there. I think he's looked like a, a new man since that. That is he lost since he lost the belt. And I think he looks like, I, I think he could actually have a good crack at Adesanya um, this time round. I think it, it was a lot of rumblings of pressure, him not wanting to have the belt. Obviously, there was a shit ton of fans in that fight as well. I think he's a new man now, and I think he could actually have another crack at Izzy if he got the opportunity. So I really fancy him against Costa this time. So six absolutely cracking fights there announced. So that wraps up our news nicely. We'll move on to the big card coming up this weekend. So I say it is a big card week this weekend, Matthew. I don't think you're, you're overly impressed with it. Main event, you've got Alistair Overeem against Volkov. And I guess when you look at it, it's kind of surprising that this one is the main event compared to what the co-main, what you've got there. Maybe there's some sort of rounds going on, a preference for, for the co-main. But we'll get into the first one. Main event, Alistair Overeem won two in a row, including Walt Harris. Volkov beat Walt Harris last time out. He lost, lost, lost the fight before that. So I think this will be a decent fight, to be honest. Two strikers. It's going to be, a, I would imagine, a striking fight, a stand-up fight, unless Overeem decides that he sees an advantage in the grappling and takes it there. What are you saying? I think the latter, I think Overeem's grappling is criminally underrated. And against a, a big old long striker like Volkov, might keep him standing when he's he's outreaching. You know, I think he's going to take him down and beat him up. Might even see a submission, Joe. Little Larry pick there. I think Overeem could roll back the years and dig out a submission. That'd be nice. Much like, much like you, I don't know why this is the main event. Obviously, there's a lot of name power there, particularly with Overeem. He's a legend. But you've got a couple of heavyweights fighting for 25 minutes when you could have a couple of bantamweights fighting for that amount of time. It doesn't really make much sense, particularly with the names involved. But with this fight, it, it, it's decent enough. But I'm not massively buzzing. For it. I'm not fully gassed. <laughs> All partially right. gassed. Fair enough. Do you want to pick a winner? Who'd you, who'd you fancy if, if you had to? Overeem by uh, do, yes. the subject. Submission all. Yeah, I believe so. How about you? I don't know. I think I'll go Volkov, actually. Yeah. He's a, little, he's, a, he's a little bit up and down. Win one, lose one. So, well, by that logic, he should lose this one. So, yeah, I'll go over him. Ah. <laughs> 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 uh, Obviously, not going to put any that, that's Volkov uh, money one, on then, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. We're both picking over him. But, the but co- decent enough fight. Yeah, the co-main is the one we're all looking forward to, though. Like I say, five rounds would have suited this one perfectly. Corey Sandhagen up against Frankie Edgar. Sandhagen bounced back, massive win. Ed kicked TKO last time out. Edgar, I think he's what's he lost a couple in a row now. I think he beat Pedro Munoz. That's it, sorry. Away. And then he lost, he lost two, a few at Yeah, it's a, couple, it's a couple before that, didn't he? So, yeah, I mean, Frankie Edgar, still going. Still going against the, the, the best in the division. I do have to fancy Sandhagen in this one, particularly three rounds as well. I feel like Sandhagen might just start a little bit faster, look a little bit flashier. Might just take Frankie a little bit of time to work him out. And by that point in a three-round fight, it's kind of taking away a lot of Frankie's best assets, which is being there in the fourth and fifth and still sticking it on you with the pace that he was early doors. So I think it's a, I think it's a tough one. I think it's a good test for Sandhagen. I wouldn't have much of a problem if Frankie Edgar picked up the win. But I do think Sandhagen will get the job done here. And it's tough It's tough to say that against Edgar because you know we all know what he's like and what he's capable of. But 
Yeah, I think I think Sandhagen, he had he had his kind of upset, if you like, against Aljamain Sterling. That was a lesson learned. I feel like he dealt with that quite well. So I do think Sandhagen's going to pick up the winner. Couldn't agree with you anymore. That was just spot on, Joe. I think this is just set up for Sandhagen to get a na- uh, win over a big name in Edgar. I would love to see Edgar go on a little run at Bantamweight. Big fun, wouldn't it? Champion at lightweight. Yeah, so I think he's the perfect weight and size for a Bantamweight has just come a little bit too late, I think. He popped down there a bit too late. I would love to see this at five rounds in the main event, but as it is, it's three rounds, and I think Sandhagen, like you say, I think he's learnt from that Aljamain Sterling one. He'd come back beautifully against uh, Marlon Marais, and I think he's, I think we've said it before in the, the championship predictions, I think yeah. he's probably a champion in waiting. I think he's got all the tools, and I think he's going to make a big statement Saturday against Edgar. I think he's going to finish him. Yeah, we, that it, don't happen often. No, it wouldn't surprise me, to be honest, like, again, and maybe another egg kick and stuff like that. Because he hasn't got far to get his head, uh, leg to kick Frank Edgar in the head, really, has he? So I'm sure he's going to be trying to utilise that as much as he can. Some solid analysis there. I like <laughs> yeah. that. So, so about how far you have to lift your leg up. What you want to do is <laughs> you want to lift your head up and lift your, your head with your leg. <laughs> All right, so it's a bit of a mixed bag, this card, but there are some decent ones on there. Of course, we have got Molly McCann, who's up against Lara Fritzson Procopio, which is a good name. I like it. Uh, obviously, McCann lost to Tala Santos last time out, who's actually gone on to beat Gillian Robertson since then, kind of recently, I think. So that's a good name. That's a decent victory there. It shows that, um, you know, Santos is no mug. McCann, plenty to learn from. I expect her to come back strong, actually. Fritzen, Procopio, lost the UFC debut. I believe this is her second fight. So I fancy McCann to come back strong and put on a real good performance. Yep. Shout out the meatball. Uh, I'm expecting her to come back and get a big win. We're looking forward to her to have a big year this year, so hopefully she can crack on. That was flyweight, isn't it? So there's plenty of opportunity there. I think she could uh, give a good go this weekend. What about this one then? This is a this is a fight I picked out. I do like it. It might sound like I'm, I'm taking the Mickey, but I'm not. But you've got Michael Johnson lost his last three up against Clay Guida, lost his last two. What are you saying about this one? I love it. I love it. This is this is the old man derby. We love it. This has got 2011 written all over it, and uh, <laughs> yeah. it's a bit of me. This. Yes. Got a bit, you, I love it. I lo- these are the way they should be matched up. You see it with Carlos Condit and Matt Brown the other day. This is probably a little bit of a step down to that levels-wise. But Michael Johnson, he was well, he knocked out Dustin Poirier about five years ago. So he's he's up there, but he could never really put a consistent run together. He could beat people on his day. Same goes for Guida, man. He beat uh, Anthony Pettis when he came over as WEC champion. That's a great fight. And uh, Guida's just non-stop action. It Barnet all over the place, burps it between rounds, loves it. So, yeah, looking yeah. forward to that one. And another one I want to pick out, it's in the flyweights. We're obviously massive fans of the flyweight division. It's Alexandra Pantoja. He's gone one win, one loss since his defeat to D-Fig, Deverson Figueredo. So I was always a big fan of him, and he didn't quite get past that Figueredo test. And uh, I think it was uh, Askarov he lost to last time out, which I think was a slightly difficult matchup star-wise. But he's up against Manel Cape, who I can't say I know too much about, but he was the rising bantamweight champ. And he's just come over to the USC to pick this one up in the in the flyweight division. So interesting to see how this one goes. I did mention earlier, probably means he's going to miss weight. Well, let's hope not, eh? Let's hope not. That's an interesting one. It's a big opportunity for him coming over. Pantoja's quite a well-known name, I think, amongst flyweight fans. So get a win over him. You fly through the flyweight yeah. division to the top. Big time, yeah. I like, I like your little pun there. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> 
All right, then, yeah. No, we've got anything else on there? No. Anything else, or is that that's about it? It's a, it's a slim pickings, I think you could say. No, it is, it is, but it's inevitable, isn't it, after a massive pay-per-view like that? Well, after the week they had, to be honest. I mean, don't forget, before we do forget, we had fights on the Saturday before and on the Wednesday night. Lerone Murphy picking up a good win. Mason Jones putting on a good performance. Uh, an extra 50 Gs, I think he pocketed himself as well with a very narrow defeat. So, been a lot going on. Inevitable that this one's maybe ever so slightly a bit of a, a bit of a come down, but again, some some big names, big fights on there. Yeah, you're right. It's a big come down. You can't have these these big boys every week, can you, Joe? So you do need like a little sort of little filler card to keep you going, um, chugging along nicely. But good shout-outs there to Lerone Murphy. That was a big win. He looks impressive, and I think plenty more to come. Mason Jones was unlucky. Could have gone either way. If you're splitting hairs, maybe it was the right decision, but. It was a fantastic fight, and I think he's only going to improve. I think his stock actually went up, even in defeat. Yeah, definitely. Uh, making his debut, because that was a rip-roaring fight, that was. That was quality. And uh, Chiesa just put on an absolute clinic against Neil Magny. And uh, what's that, four in a row, five in a row, well eight. So Call that Covington, he, which coming. I liked. He did, he did. Probably going to get one to boy, though, isn't he? Probably, yes. <laughs> yeah. so that, and, and that would be a very good stylistic matchup. It would. Uh, uh, I'd, I'd love to see the Covington fight. Someone needs to... Uh, Give him a little slap, don't they? Yeah. I mean, yeah, it would be a tough fight, definitely, because Covenant is very good, isn't he? But, no, Chiesa won the boy, even though it's kind of the default uh, fight for him. Yeah, that, that is a very interesting matchup. And Wonderboy's always dealt very well with those types of fighters, traditionally. Yes, so it would be interesting to see. So it's been a, a fantastic week all round. It's kept me entertained. I don't know about you, Joe. I think I'm going to miss it, all this fight week, fight island chat. Yeah, it was good, wasn't it? It was a nice little change. I mean, sometimes you can get into the conversation about how many shows the UFC are putting on, but we had that nice break over Christmas and the New Year. And it was different, wasn't it? I think having it on UK Times makes a hell of a difference, particularly that Wednesday one. So, yeah, it was nice. I'd like to say it'd be good to see it more often. But I think keeping it as a little treat maybe a few times a year is probably the best way to go about it. Yeah, I'm with you on that, son. I'm with you on that. But uh, back to the, the grind of the fucking overnight cards this week. So, but listen, I'm not going to complain. We've been spoiled. So that wraps up another episode. Thank you very much for joining us, everyone. It was a cracking week, as we just mentioned. So before you all do go, please do check out the website and and the social. So it's mustardmma.com. And then on Instagram is at the mustardmma. Young Matthew here has put in a lot of work to get that up and running and it's looking nice and fresh. So we are underway with all that business. Please check it out. We've got our latest blog post posted on the website. Nice and easy to find. We've got another one coming up each week and maybe we'll throw in an extra one as a little treat as well. So let us know what you think. If you think it's shit, let us know that as well. I'm sure we can handle it. But thanks for listening. Like, subscribe, leave a little comment, rate of five stars. You know we've got to ask it. We'll see you next time. Bye. See you later. See you later.